Today's episode, The Ego's Measure of Human Work. Got love, and love's all we need. So when you're happy, dance like I never dance, sing like I never sing, dream like I never dream. That's all you gotta do. It's time to get wise. Thanks for having the courage to play the daily belief game, which is called that not because it's about your religious, scientific, or philosophical beliefs, but rather broadly what you believe about your world, which is the story, judgments, conclusions, perceptions that you are writing into your brain, your consciousness, your soul. And this belief game is the art of allowing your actions to be inspired by your enthusiasm to to live your authentic, purpose-driven life rather than the ego's reactive impulses which perpetuate a cycle of fear and all of fear's conspirators like guilt, shame, worry, revenge, desperation, disappointment, loss. Um, because all the masters of every persuasion from logical to theological and from poetical to heretical all agree on two points. That your thoughts create your reality and that there is no limit to what you may create. That what you believe shall be what you receive. This isn't just lyrical, whimsical niceties. This is why the way God's universal quantum field of experience works. This is the law of existence, and you don't need a degree in divinity or psychology or sociology or astrophysics to play this belief game. You just need to know that your thoughts tell you where you are, but your emotions tell you whether your conclusions are taking you toward your truth, toward your higher self, your clarity, or toward the lack or absence of your purpose, your calling, your true desires, toward what you want or what you don't want. It's a difference of emotional guidance. Now, in our world, where we are all operating these human avatars in God's holodeck of experience designed for you know creative, joyful creation and self-realization, we have adopted some beliefs about our worth as humans in comparison to other humans. Because, you know, the brain and the ego are comparative devices. They look for patterns, similarities, and then return judgments to you that you either adopted by default from your society or your parents or your world, or you programmed yourself with your deliberate conclusions. And remember, a belief is just a thought you've thought a lot. And one of the most insidious ego-based beliefs we've accepted and adopted is the comparative model of people evaluations, which says that the measure of our worth is based on the amount of money and influence we have. Again, too often, money and influence are the measures of human worth. Don't agree with me? Good. I'm glad you don't agree with me. But maybe you do a little. Check your beliefs. Uh, do you care about how many shares or likes or followers you have <laughs> on your social media? Do you think that people with money are smarter more capable, uh, should be listened to with more credibility, or maybe you just think they're just plain better. A lot of folks do. You know, I was watching a news story uh, where a National League athlete was killed by a drunk driver. The reporter had assembled a package, a video package, about the life and work of this athlete to celebrate his impact and to mourn his loss. You know, that's great, fine, wonderful. But then in this two to three minute segment about this athlete was a two to three second sentence that struck me. The reporter said, also killed was his driver, Jeffrey Monroe. There was no reflective, somber video package about this ride-sharing driver who was also killed, but many, many articles and many stories about the victim who had money and influence. 
You know, a famous successful athlete named Edwin Jackson, by the way. But Jeffrey Monroe got two seconds out of two plus minutes. Was Jeffrey Monroe one sixtieth as valuable? <laughs> Is that what it's saying? And that's money and influence. And if you don't think so, ask things like, how fast is a tragedy described by how much monetary damage? How often do we convert everything into net worth or the sales records or the achievements of people? There's a a Hebrew expression, to save one life is to save the world. And I add to that and say, to save every life is to recognize that every life is influential. You know, Alan Watts said, to be important, existence need only last for a moment. Now, assuming I've just sold you on the idea that the ego maintains this belief that money and influence are the measures of human worth, the question is, how do you recognize this false premise in our belief game and make a course correction? First, stop caring about whether other people like something or someone. (laughs) Try not to give a a rip about whether something is popular. If you're scanning through Yelp, uh, you know, perhaps look for a review that resonates with you, not as much as the, you know, the name recognition or the amount of people who have gone there. You don't have to do that with everything. I know that sometimes it's easier to take the road more traveled, (laughs) but as the Frost poem goes, I took the road less traveled by and it has made all the difference. And it does. Choose things based on what you uh, resonate with rather than just what's popular. Second, ask yourself this question. Do I believe that people with lots of money are better than those who have less? You know, did you hook up with the ugly person? And when I say ugly, I don't mean uh, physical. I mean the ugly perspective. Uh, The power of physical attraction is for another episode. But did you hook up with the ugly person because they were rich and or powerful? Did you twist and contort your personality or your words or your actions to curry favor with the person who has money and influence? Do you find yourself doing that? I know what you're saying. You say, Jeff, but wait a second. That's how the world works. It's not what you know. It's who you know. You got to have friends in high places to get to high places. Man, that perfectly encapsulates this belief game with respect to the laws of the universe. If you believe that, then that will be your experience. And the brutal brutal irony of that devil's bargain is just that. If you believe that they are better than you and you are lesser than they are, then one of two things will happen. You will either deprive yourself of the success, money, and influence that you and your ego are seeking because the, the asking, the prayer, the thought that you are putting into the consciousness is that you want proof that powerful people are better than you and that you are not powerful. You make that true with your conviction of its truth. And therefore, you will get exactly what you're asking for. You'll have proximity to the powerful with a pervasive experience of not being one of them. Or, you know, the second thing will happen, which is actually worse, though you won't think so. You will become a rich and powerful person, convinced that you are now better because you have money and influence. And then you will perpetuate this ego-based, fear-based, devil-inspired cycle of haves and have-nots. Us versus them, powerful versus weak, constantly comparing the value of humans based on a scorecard of their popularity and how much, you know, FU money they've acquired. You know, I have clients on the edge of poverty and obscurity, and I've got clients who are multimillionaire society leaders, and I do not prefer one's company to the other. <laughs> and more importantly, uh, their path of, to, real, to self-realization, their happiness quotient has nothing to do with their physical trappings of value. Their day-to-day satisfaction of their lives are built within based on their judgments and about themselves and about their world. Money has no influence there. And 
And the one who sees everyone as valuable, the ones who can see that you can't take it with you and that it's a sickness to want to, the ones who recognize that loving everyone and everything all the time is a gift you give to yourself as well as the world, uh, which is completely unaffected, by the way, by your social media following, those folks, and I imagine, you know, you are probably one of them since you're listening to this, those folks are the most influential of all because they wield the true power of the universe. You know, love, goodness, kindness, inspiration, those have far more impact than how many coins you can accumulate. Besides, really, what is fame? You know, famous actors, athletes, artists, builders, inventors, you know, creators of all kinds, the adoration and appreciation of society of those folks is a strange kind of bargain. You know, adoration of a famous person is a feeling summoned and created by the observer, created in the beholder's mind as a, as a, as a unique narrative to them and has very little to do with the famous person. Fan worship is about the specific desires and needs of the fan and has much less to do with the famous person. In fact, it has a lot to do with, again, society's perceived value of a successful person because money and influence is too desperately envied. The popular are admired because they because the have-nots want their experience and proximity to that money and influence is intoxicating. In fact, you know, I feel for the singer who experiences the screaming adoration of fans in the arena concert for the intensity of that singer's lesson. Because because, the musician experiences the thrill of the power of the universe, you know, flowing through them as they create and share something that lifts the spirits of of a room full of observers, which is exactly what we came here to do in terms of giving and receiving the creative power we have as individuals and together in creative relationships. That's awesome. That's amazing. But the famous artist is also left with this question of whether to feel superior or responsible or obligated to this lack-based need from their adoring fans. You know, because it's a double-edged sword. If you have the physical influence and wealth, you know, bestowed upon you by a mass of people who see popularity and money as the measure of human worth (laughs) in a society, again, where not everyone can have it all, that lie about our existence will put a burden upon the popular wealthy ones to live up to their part of the bargain, to be you know, obliged to behave a certain way, to give a certain way, to be a certain way, uh, to satisfy the ego of the receivers in this worldview of lack and gain. The sentiment is kind of like this. You know, it's, hey, you, you, you wealthy, influential person, I made you famous. I'm the consumer of your creations, which, you know, led to your wealth, and now you owe me for that. And I'm kind of painting an exaggerated dark version for illustration, but it's worth examining. What does it mean? So here's your homework. Spend some time today thinking about the people you, who you revere, famous or not, local or worldly, and dissect your definition of why. Why are they important to you? Where is envy or jealousy part of that equation? Do you want to be them? Um, you know, as Dr. Seuss said in his story, do you want a star on your belly so you can be one of the better sneeches on the beaches? <laughs> do you admire this person because they are, are, are because you are frustrated you don't have their life? Or are they an inspiration to you to discover your gifts and your knowing of your inherent importance in the world? See the difference. And then... Also, as you go through your day, look at random people you encounter in your life, at the store, on the road, along your path, and ask a couple questions. Do I judge them uh, for their job, the station in life, their socioeconomic status, how important they are? And then pivot to what makes them important? What about their existence changes the world? How are they valuable? To whom and what are they 
a gift. It'll change everything. I'm Jeff Stein, and you can find me at jeffsworld.com, jeffs-world.com. My co-conspirators and I help people, companies, and organizations cultivate, sustain, accelerate, and become inspiration in action. Uh, We obsess over happiness and love teaching people tricks and cheats so you can live an authentic, fun, purpose-driven life in half the time and effort. Thank you for listening. Please think responsibly. You want answers? I don't know. Embrace it. Just asking. Life is choice. The power to create happiness. You can choose to be a victim or anything else you'd like to be. You want to change the world? Don't know how to begin. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It's the right path. It's a path made of principle that leads to character. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Come on. Come on. Hey, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, all right, come on.